Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Max Power filling in for Jad this week. We always appreciate that. We'll have Paul Savage join us a little later to make some picks for football. We'll have Trey Wingo, uh, the NFL uh, longtime analyst and guy that's worked in that league closely and as close as anybody will join us at the top of the next hour to break down what we've seen lately in the NFL. Always appreciate those visits. Jam-packed Friday edition of Sports Daily. Welcome in, everybody. Your calls, 869-1240. We've got reactions to a KU basketball game last night. We've got news on the Wichita State basketball roster. But let's start, Tommy, with Monday Night Football. How are you this morning? I'm good. Yeah, a lot to get to today. It's a Friday where we're getting ready for a Big 12 championship game tomorrow. We've got college hoops. Uh, and then, of course, NFL. There's a lot to get to. Uh, and I've, I said Monday night football. Of course, Thursday night football uh, is was the intention there. Um, it should be a lot of fun here uh, on the program today. We'd love to hear from you. And, Tommy, last night we get the Bills and the Patriots. There was a narrative forming that the Bills weren't any good anymore and that the Patriots were at home and – they're kind of on the, you know, the come here and the Bills have been struggling and Josh Allen can't play anymore because his arms hurt. And they put a lot of those questions to bed. Impressive win for the Bills. They put the clamps down. The Patriots never felt like they had a chance in that game. Buffalo needed that, I think, to remind everybody, hey, look, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're down from what we were at the beginning of the season, but we're still one of the best teams in this league. And outside of the Chiefs, I'm still not sure, Tommy, I'm taking anybody over Buffalo. Uh, you know, ho-hum. I don't really want to say it was an impressive win from Buffalo. Uh, it was a, a, a win that they should have had. Should have had. It's a win that they did have. Uh, they were expected to win that game. I didn't think they looked dominant, to be honest with you. I thought they looked they fine. They looked dominant defensively. They only allowed yeah, 240 okay. yards. But, you know, it was kind of – I, I equate this game last night sort of similar to – the Chiefs game against the Rams last weekend. It was kind of boring. You know, it wasn't like we saw a masterclass um, from, from Buffalo. I don't think we saw a masterclass from Kansas City against the Rams last week either. It was kind of a ho-hum game, uh, a game that they were expected to win and a game that they should have won. And so, yeah, of course, the Bills are 9-3. and three. I never really bought into that 
uh, that narrative that they were, you know, somehow all of a sudden not a good football team anymore. Of course they are. They're the Buffalo Bills. They've got Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and a ton of talent around him. So I never bought into that hype. Uh, yeah, they had a, a midseason struggle. Allen dealt with injuries. I get all of that. Uh, it was a struggle for them to get out of the Thanksgiving game uh, and win by a field goal. So I understand all of that. But I, I mean, I, come on, I, I don't really feel like this was some game that all of a sudden, like everybody, everybody's marveling. Look at the Bills again. They're they're a Super Bowl favorite. It is what it is. They won the game. They beat a Patriots team that is at 500 right now. They're not a super talented team. Uh, I think they overachieve quite a bit. And, you know, the Bills move on, and it's a it's a divisional win, so good for them. They're 9-3, and three, and yeah, I mean, of course they're a top team in the AFC, but I don't walk away from that game last night all of a sudden thinking that the Bills are dominant again. Well, I, I, I think that they are. I think we do something with the Bills. And when I say they're down, I mean people perceive them down as the Super Bowl favorite or one of the Super Bowl favorites. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I get it. But New England was at home in a divisional game, and they had scored 26 points before that. They had the weird Jets game with the weather and everything, but if you take that game, they but you know other than that, 26, 26, 22, 33, 38, 29, 24, 26, this offense was humming a little bit. And the Bills, who have been hobbled defensively for a lot of this stretch— are starting, I think, without Von Miller last night, by the way, to flex a little bit defensively. I do think of all the contenders, like the legit contenders outside of maybe the Cowboys, when you stack up defenses against one another, the Bills will have an advantage there, especially if they're able to get to the postseason healthy. You know, the Bills, would you take the, the Titans' defense is great, right? Would you take that defense over the Bills healthy? I'm not sure I would. So when you... Think I don't about know, the Titans that. have a great defense. They do have a great defense, but the Bills allowed 240 yards to the Patriots offense last night in yeah, New the England. Pa the Patriots the Patriots offense, yeah, they've had, you know, a couple of games where they put up points, but I I feel like from a talent perspective, it's relatively pedestrian when you look at uh, what what the Patriots are, you know, what they do and the talent they have, you know, on offense. Yeah, Mac Jones is Mac Jones, I guess, but you know, the the leading receiver was Marcus Jones. So the leading receiver who I don't know who that is. Uh, for the Patriots. I mean, come on, like they, they don't have the weapons that Buffalo has. And so it doesn't surprise me one bit that Buffalo's defense was able to hold down the Patriots offense. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying and I don't want to take anything away from Buffalo. Yeah, it's a good divisional win. They bounce back a little bit, a comfortable margin of victory that they haven't had in a while. I get all of that. But I'm not. I'm also not going to sit here and overreact and say, "Man, like, look who Buffalo just beat in prime time. They are so back, and they're the they're the presumptive Super Bowl favorites again." I'm not there based on this game last night alone. I guess what's important to ask here is, did you ever think they were gone? Because if you don't no. think they're back, did you ever think they're gone? No. See, that's that's no. that's the thing. I think they're and and I'm talking to the people that did did think that they were down because they had struggled against some teams they shouldn't have and because Josh Allen is hobbled with his arm maybe it looked pretty good last night um, and I get it you know a three-point win against Detroit doesn't exude a lot of confidence they had the loss to the Titans and the loss to the Jets like there are some things in very recent memory that are kind of sticking with people and making people wonder because the conversation at the beginning of the year was it's Buffalo and it's everybody else. 
And then they have all the defensive injuries they have. And then Josh Allen has his arm issue that I'm not still totally sure I have a grasp on how serious that is. Um, and they've struggled against some bad teams. And it's like, okay, well, maybe they're not. I, I just, what I guess my point is, I don't think they were ever gone. They did this same thing last year. I think they're working through injuries is what I think they're doing, like just about every team in the NFL has to do at points in time in the season. I just, I think they're still very much in the picture of the top two. I still think it's Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, there may be a couple other teams knocking on the door. But outside of those two teams, I'm not taking anybody, especially if Buffalo gets healthy defensively and does that kind of thing that they did yesterday against a team that had been scoring points outside of one game against the Jets over the last month and change. They flexed them down on defense. If they can do that, I think they'll be able to work through whatever it is Josh Allen's going to have to work through because they still have a ton of talent on offense. I just it was it was a needed win for Buffalo and stylistically a needed win for Buffalo to come in and just smother somebody like that. I mean, Buffalo wasn't covering spreads. They weren't doing all these things. We talked about that yesterday with Chelsea. I do think there was a narrative developing, sort of like we have had with Philadelphia, right? Are they really that good? I mean, I think that was creeping into people's minds about Buffalo. Um, but if you're a Chiefs fan, don't buy it because they're really good. You know, their defense is outstanding and their offense, if Josh Allen can work through this thing. I, the other part of this that's interesting, Tommy, and I, he didn't look 100% last night um, on some of his throws, but he had enough there. I guess the biggest question for Buffalo is, is that what we're going to have the rest of the year until he can get that fixed? Or will there be room for improvement? And it's, you know, if it's a UCL or whatever, like pitchers deal with, I don't know that there's going to be room for improvement on that until he can get it worked on. Yeah, I don't have really a whole lot of concern for Josh Allen uh, because I, I watched him make a couple of throws last night. And even if he's got an injury, uh, there were a couple of throws he made that looked really, really good. And so I don't have a ton of concern for him. My biggest concern is outside of Stephon Diggs, what are the Bills going to do? I mean, Stephon Diggs had 92 yards receiving in a touchdown last night. Where was Gabe Davis? I mean, he had a touchdown catch, yeah, but you know, his only other catch only went for a couple of yards, 15 yards total. Dawson Knox, zero catches, zero yards. So uh, I, I've got concerns about the weapons around Josh Allen. Uh, we know that he's going to try to feed the ball to Stephon Diggs, and why not? Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. I get that. But uh, outside of that, I mean, we've always talked about all these different weapons that Josh Allen has around him. And at least last night, outside of Diggs, he didn't really utilize them. Yeah, I, Gabe Davis has been absent for a little while. Um, I know because I have him on a lot of fantasy teams. Uh, two catches on seven targets, like that's that sucks. Yeah. Um, Dawson Knox has been to me as disappointing in this offense as anybody. But you know, McKenzie's been there. I think they're finding something in Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother. I think he's becoming a weapon for them. But I, I think they have enough guys collectively outside of Diggs that they'll be able to do whatever it is they need to do. The other part of this that. And, and I thought we'd see more of it last night. They just didn't need it, quite frankly. But the cheat code for them always, especially when you get to the playoffs, is going to be Josh Allen taking off with the ball 10 times, right? You know, when, when you're 
in a do or die situation of a playoff game and you can just turn him loose running the ball, that's the other element to this offense that's going to kill people and let Steph Diggs just torch people because they can't afford to double him up and let Josh Allen just go the other way. So I, I think the Bills are fine. I still think the Chiefs are in better position at this very moment. But if the Bills, if Josh Allen's arm is okay, that defense is really good and it'll be a close call. Uh, but the good news for the Chiefs is they have the inside track now to home field, which is going to be significant. They have a massive game coming up this weekend. On the other side with the Patriots, the Patriots are the hardest team for me to get a grasp of always. I, I never can't. They're so like game plan specific offensively and defensively that they look like a different team every single week that we see them play. And they have forever. That's like a Bill Belichick thing, right? Like there'll be times where you're like, man, Max, Mac Jones looks great. And the defense is humming. And they've got this, you know, dynamic young running back in Ramondre Stevenson. And they've, you know, found a couple of weapons. And then there are other times where you just shake your head. Mac Jones caught on the sidelines screaming at Matt Patricia to throw the ball last night because the run game was going nowhere. I think he has a point there. They were not running the ball effectively, although Ramondre Stevenson was averaging five and a half yards a carry. Um, so, and, that, and I get it. That was all in a chunk play. But, you know, I, I don't know what to make of the Patriots. This coaching experiment doesn't seem to be working for Belichick, but they're 500, and I, I can't ever figure out how. I think they might be the fourth best team in their own division, and they'll find ways to win some of these games. Like, they're the strangest team. Are you in on Mac Jones, and do you think that this version of the Patriots, not necessarily this team specifically, but this version of the Patriots can be a successful one long-term? Depends on what the word successful means. Are we talking about playoff contender lead them to a Super Bowl no I he you know Mac Jones is not in my opinion right now a Super Bowl quarterback the Patriots are not a Super Bowl team um well no in you know short term or long term long term um uh, can they be a playoff team I mean they're 500 right now they're not out of the hunt um so sure they can be a playoff team right now as it stands what is what makes me laugh about the Patriots is take a look at some of the names of guys they have on their roster right now and these are names that uh, I've not heard in a long time, and they didn't really contribute a whole lot last night, but they did get on the stat line. Names from the past like Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers. These are names that like three or four years ago on other teams, you're like, oh, yeah, all right, Hunter Henry. I mean, I remember Hunter Henry torching Kansas City at times, you know, when when he played for for the Chargers. So like, they're, they're names that come up that you're like, man, I had no idea they played for the Patriots now. That's kind of what New England does, uh, and Belichick's able to get at least a little bit out of them. Uh, but no, they don't have the weapons, at least offensively, I feel like, to be a legitimate contender, not only this year, but in the future. Um, I think Mac Jones is, we, we, we know what we're going to get out of him. Um, that's at least my opinion. I watch him out on the field, and I think his ceiling only goes to a certain point. Um, he can get the job done. I guess, uh, but he's not going to lead them to the promised land. Well, I don't know if he'll lead them there, but I think he can be a part of the journey. I, I don't think they're going anywhere in the short term. And I think that it feels like Bill Belichick's just trying to kind of hold it all together. 
He brings in these old assistants, Matt Patricia. Like, I, I do think there needs to be somewhat of a reset there. I just don't, I don't know how how that's going to happen with Belichick there now. And, you know, he's older, and I, I think he's just kind of hanging on a little bit. So I don't know. But yet they're 500. I mean, I would – and they made the playoffs last year. And, and I would have not thought either of those things would have happened. So, you know, he's he, st- he still has it. He's still got it. I just don't know if – this roster is going to be able to get him where he needs to go in the next two, three, four years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But at least we had a fun and a compelling matchup going in on a Thursday night football game. Um, I thought that was a good one, finally. And, you know, we, we'll we see. Buffalo looked pretty good to me. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. we got to hit on some college basketball here before we make some NFL picks. So we get news on uh, Colby Rogers who we've been waiting for in the transfer portal, potentially for the Shockers. Boy, he would have been a nice fit. Uh, We get that news, bad news for Shocker fans. We get a KU game last night in which they absolutely dominated Seton Hall. So we'll talk about the Jayhawks. We'll look ahead uh, to the college basketball weekend as well next on Sports Daily. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Dude, you gotta hear this. Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a 
$50 bonus when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager's settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. BetMGM Sports is in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. And welcome back into Sports Daily, everybody. 869-1240 is the number to call. If you want to get in, do it in hour number one because hour number two is jam-packed. We'll have Paul Savage in uh, in hour number two to make our football picks for the weekend. We were off last week. Uh, we also have Trey Wingo coming up at the top of the second hour, uh, bringing all his NFL knowledge to the table. And uh, excited to uh, chat with him. Those are always good conversations to get through as well. Tommy, forgive me if I'm a little scatterbrained here we've got our store opening up uh just dealing with 150 different things right now but i i have been able to watch both of these last two ku games for the most part um and last night's was another really impressive win and it came against seton hall who we should probably take more from than we did against texas southern it's a big east team if nothing else but man 26 point win uh, they they got it done easily. They get a long time now off before they play at Missouri in that border showdown, border war, on December 10th. This was about as perfect as you could have drawn it up after the loss to Tennessee. And if you look for a roadmap for a team, I think, uh, this is this is pretty ideal. You know, if if you you start hot and then you get into your first you know holiday tournament and you kind of struggle through that and get your first loss and you qu- clearly respond to that loss well and then right after you get that response you get like 10 days to practice with your guys bill self has to be salivating at that right now to get things tinkered and fine tuned as they make their way through the final month before we get into conference play when it's just going to get brutal yeah, they got a little bit healthier, too, last night. Kevin McCuller was able to rejoin the team, and um, he played more minutes than anybody, and I think that was a little bit of a surprise uh, because, I, I'm at least for me, I wasn't sure how many minutes he would actually get coming back from that injury, but he played 35 minutes, had 17 points, led all scores. That was, that was nice to see um, because I, I wasn't sure how effective he would be. Um, but I felt like the, the points were distributed pretty evenly. Jalen Wilson added 15, so did Grady Dick. And Grady Dick started really poorly. He had a really bad first half, uh, but was able to kind of pick it up in the second half and still finish with 15. And then Ernest Uday off the bench with 10 points. DeWan Harris added 10. K.J. Adams had 11. Um, so it was a very well, uh, evenly distributed game, I felt like, as far as the points were concerned. Uh, for Kansas, and they shot the ball really well, over 55% from the field. Uh, so that was a, a good outing overall inside Allen Fieldhouse, uh, taking on a big a big East team in Seton Hall. Um, and that's, again, like you mentioned, the rebound that the Jayhawks needed uh, after that holiday loss against Tennessee. Yeah, it, it is. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kevin McCuller because, and I, I've been thinking about this this week quite a bit. Um, I, I kind of... 
there's a part of me that thinks he may be the key to this team. And it's, you know, what he brings defensively. But if he can give them that consistent third scoring option, and he was great offensively last night, 6 of 10 from the field, scored 17 points. I don't think they need that from him necessarily. That would be great. But if he can give them a consistent third scoring option with Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick, uh, we know what Dewan Harris is. I really think that that's where we'll see this team be its best. I, I just have no reasonable expectation for the five position. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know if we're going to see it be what it's going to be this year. And, I, and I'm not terribly worried about it. I think Kevin McCullough can present some real matchup difficulties for other teams defensively. If you've got Jalen Wilson doing what he's doing, and there's no reason to think he won't, if you've got the threat of Grady Dick taking over any game he plays in, which is obviously a real threat, we've seen it enough now, but Kevin McCullough providing that consistency on both ends of the court, I think that's a version of KU that, that absolutely has a chance to repeat as national champions. It helps. It, it helps for sure to have Kevin McCullough as another scoring option. Where I'm going to disagree with you, though, is I don't think that it is that that's the most pressing need. I think it's great to have a, a third scoring option outside of Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick. The most pressing need is absolutely the five. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised with what both KJ Adams and Ernest Uday brought to the table last night against Seton Hall. Um, Zuby Ejiofor added a few minutes that were solid. Zach Clements looks really bad. Like he looks really, really bad. Um, th there's quite a bit of regression in my mind from a year ago to now. He's found his way sliding down the depth chart at the five where he only got six minutes, had no points and a rebound. Um, and, and so th that's an issue uh, for sure. If you want to build depth at that position, uh, Bill Self is going to have to continue to lead on Ernest Uday, uh, Ernest Uday and Zuby Ejiofor. Um, KJ Adams, we know he gives up inches at that position, but you know he's going to start there. Um, until somebody else comes along to bump him out of the starting rotation. I don't see that happening right now. So they've got to figure that out, um, you know, especially if they, when they end up facing teams that have um, strong production in the post. So, yeah, it's nice to have Kevin McCuller as a third scoring option. That's great. That's a great add-on, a great bonus, added value, all of that. I don't think it's the most pressing need. Um, so I'm going to disagree a little bit on that. I do think they've got to figure out exactly what they're going to do night in and night out at the five. I don't think it's a pressing need. I think it's the thing that can put this team where it wants to be. I, I don't know that we're going to get that out of the five this year, I guess is what I'm saying. What seems far more likely is they get McCullough to be a really good, really consistent third scoring threat. That seems within the realm of possibility. I don't. I just don't think it's fair to say one of these guys at the five is going to step up and provide this team what David McCormick does. You know, it, but it's I just, think if I don't... you are, if you're going to calculate how high the ceiling is going to go for this Jayhawks team, the ceiling, in my opinion, goes higher if they figure out a consistent night in and night out option at the five versus the ceiling being higher if Kevin McCuller is a third scoring option. I, I agree with that, but which is which seems more likely right now? It's that's, probably I McCuller guess that's my sure. point. Yeah. So yeah. if if it's not likely that one of these guys steps into that ability right now this season, then McCullough's got to be the guy, and I think he can be. That's 
that's my point is I, I just we all want that five to be there. I'm just not sure that it is. I'm not sure it's going to be. I hope that it is. Maybe it can be. I mean, go back to but, the Tennessee game. Go back to the Tennessee game, and they got pushed around. They got pushed yeah. around in the post. And um, they got to figure you know, out how to win games like yeah. that, Tommy. They got to figure because that's yeah. going to happen again. How do you win that game when you get pushed around in the post? Because it's going to happen again. And, and, and so, yeah, you've got Kevin McCuller as the third scoring option. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, you've got Kevin McCuller doing that in a game where you're getting pushed around you know, in the post. You're probably not going to win. So. Well, it, and that's where 10 days comes in handy. I, I think that you can – the roster is what it is. So we can either hope that that doesn't happen against Tennessee because somebody figures it out at the five, or, and I think this is more likely, Bill Self coaches these guys and teaches them in a way, listen, there are games where we are going to get pushed around. There are games where we are going to get outsized. But there's two sides to that coin. How do we then make that a bad matchup for the other team on the other side of the floor? How do we stretch them out? How do we speed them up? How do we do what we need to do when that's happening to us? And I think it's very possible that it can. They'll have to figure out how to defend it without without the size. And and I think that, you know, that'll get they'll have to get creative there in how they do that. But I think they have one of the best coaches in America at developing a team over the course of a season. I've always thought this. Bill Self does such a fantastic job of getting his team better once the season starts. He's good at everything, but I think one of his most underrated attributes is how much better he gets a team between the start of the season and the end of the season and the difference in the two teams at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. And I think that there's enough there for him to work with to get this team where it needs to be, even if one of these guys doesn't step into the five role and and provide just a dominant force down there that we've seen for KU teams. I mean, the reality is, as great as David McCormick was in the tournament last year and down the stretch, there were, I mean, how many times were we asking questions about David McCormick over the last two years? And they were still able to get it done. So I'm going to put a little you know, faith in Bill Self there in that regard. And I think if he adds another big piece to the holster in, in McCuller on both ends of the floor, quite frankly, that's going to help big time. You brought up Zach Clements. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too, by the way. I, I He felt like last year when you saw him in just little bits, you're like, he's going to be a really good player. I think he still can be. I think there's a great chance it doesn't happen in Lawrence. If I'm Isaac Brown in Wichita State, and this guy who played at Sunrise, I am ready to go if it doesn't work out in Lawrence for him. Because um, I think he still could be a good player. I just, for whatever reason, I, I think he's going to get pushed too far down the depth chart in Lawrence. I don't think it's going to happen anymore at KU. And I thought that. And, and he's going to have, we, got, we, did, we absolutely need to give him room to, you know, do what he needs to do to get better this year. He's still a very young player, and I don't really have a good feel for how they feel about him right now. Uh, but I do think he's got some skill. I'm just afraid it's going to, you know, it's not going to manifest completely at Kansas at this point. I had him slotted in as potentially the starting five uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I thought, okay, with David McCormick out, 
Uh, Clements got some good backup time last year. Um, and and I, I do know that, you know, as the season went on last year, we saw less of him and more of Mitch Lightfoot. Um, and so there really wasn't as much development, I think, from Clements in his freshman year as I would have liked to see. But I, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, he's going to be a guy that can come in and he can start at the five. Um, that didn't happen. And, you know, okay, well, maybe he'll be the backup. Has him in the backup. He's been what, like the fourth guy, the fourth big off the bench behind Edge of Four, behind Uday, behind Adams. Uh, and it, it almost looks like a confidence issue now. Um, I think I saw a stat last night that he has missed like his last 29 three pointers, or I mean, it was something ridiculous like that. Um, it, it's got to be confidence, it's got to be mental right now. Um, the development, I just don't think, is quite there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised one bit we get to the end of the season and if he doesn't get it figured out where he goes and finds another school to make it happen. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's Isaac Brown, I don't know if it's Wichita State. Well, I mean, I that just, he model. Seems- He's the kind of guy say, I hope Wichita State gets some of. Uh, you that know, model has we worked work before. Our way, yeah, it, it didn't, the it didn't work for Connor Frankamp at KU, and he went to Wichita yeah. State and it worked. You know, so that that has happened before. I don't know. I, who knows? He just know knows that, the but, area. I just I want right. Zach Clement because we watched him. You know, he goes back. He's not from here, but he in, in a lot of ways when those guys from Sunrise sometimes feel like they are right because we watch them in yeah. the prep ranks and especially now with the success that they have. They by the way won their game in the showcase at Interest Bank Arena last night. Uh, and they've got some dudes on this team, too. Got some Arkansas, Ohio State love. like So we saw so much of him that I'm like, man, I I really want him to be great. And I think that he can be. I just don't know if it's going to happen at Kansas. And that's okay. Uh, it's hard to do that, to be the guy on, on such loaded rosters. But... Yeah, I, I, as I watch him, and I'm like, man, if if he keeps struggling and he ends up needing to transfer, which which is a good possibility, I think at this point, what a cool story it would be if he ended up right back down here in Wichita, where he played his his high school basketball. Um, just just a thought that popped into my head. There's obviously more to it than that. I think he's from like San Antonio, so who knows? But and maybe it'll work out for KU. I don't. Again, I don't know what their thought on him is, and I don't know how he's wired or anything like that. So we'll see. They could work through it. And whatever it is, you love to see 10 days of practice for this coaching staff with this team. I'm still pretty bullish on this team. I I, I think the sky's the limit. I I absolutely think this team can repeat as national champions. Um, You know, things will play out. I'm not, like, making that call right now or anything like that. I'm just saying they're not, like, out of that conversation for me by any means which it seems ridiculous to say, but I know people are thinking that, right? Like they were not going to be able to work through some of the issues that they have. I think that they can. We'll see. Ten days to practice for KU. It's going to be a while before they play that Missouri game. KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. We've been talking a little college hoops. Hit KU in the last segment. If you missed anything, you can always go back and listen at kfhradio.com. What's on tap in our second hour? Trey Wingo will join us to talk some of the best NFL storylines. We'll pick his brain a little bit. And Paul Savage then in as we make our weekend football picks. That's what's on tap here on Sports Daily. Uh, Tommy, you said this before, and I hadn't seen it uh, until right before we came onto the air. But the Colby Rogers situation, um, not good. He's not going to be a shocker this year. And, man, they could have really used him. That's pretty disappointing. So he he had already used the easy transfer. He was looking for another one. Sienna would dug its heels into the sand and said no, uh, which, you know, I, they have they have a right to do, to do. 
and so we won't be able to see Rodgers this year. And and I think he could have been a nice piece. I still think he's going to be a nice piece. He was a tremendous three-point shooter at Siena. Um, you hope everything works out, and he can just play for Wichita State next season. You never know how these things will work out, but certainly disappointing for this season for the Shockers. Yeah, this whole thing stinks. Uh, it, it's not good, and uh, you mentioned that Sienna has the right to do this. Yeah, they I know. do. I'm not saying, but I'm they not shouldn't saying I like it. I know. They shouldn't I have. Uh, I, I mean, how many coaches around the country uh, will sign waivers for their players to go play at other teams? It happens all the time now, all the and time. I think it's I think it's morally wrong for an institution to stand in the way of a, a player wanting to play basketball, and uh, that's what Sienna has done. Um, an now, unpaid, part of an it, unpaid player, by the right? Way. An unpaid exactly. player, right? If he had a if he had a work contract and he was getting paid, yeah. this would be a totally different conversation. But he doesn't. On, College athletes on don't top have of that. that. On top of that, uh, not only is Sienna to blame, but the NCAA is to blame as well uh, with this archaic uh, waiver situation where the, the the school has to sign off on it. I mean, we're in a world of NIL now. We're in the world of the transfer portal and players transferring all the time and all of this stuff. And for this kid uh, to be caught up in the bureaucracy of the NCAA is absolutely ridiculous. And his fate should not be left up to the former team that he used to play for. Uh, and, and so it's unfortunate. I think Sienna should be ashamed of themselves. I think the NCAA should overrule this and say, all right, it's fine for Colby Rogers to go and play, but they didn't do it. They, they denied that waiver. So they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, and I know that Isaac Brown, if the rules were reversed and a player was leaving his program, we saw several players leave his program last year. I'm sure he signed the waiver and just let him go play. Uh, and so if the shoe was on the other foot, I think Isaac Brown would have, you know, absolutely shown the class to let a player leave and go play somewhere else. So Greg Marshall unfortunately, used to do that all the time. He'd let guys right. go. Um, I mean, and, it's like, you know, if you, I, if you don't want to play for the program, move on, go somewhere else. We'll figure it out. And, you know, let, let's let's move on and, and, and make the best of it. It's not even so much like you're doing you you recruit these kids because you care about these kids and i do feel like most of the time coaches do and if it's not working out of course you want the best for the kid uh it, it just it doesn't i'm with you i i'm totally with you by the way i i just said it's within their rights to do it that doesn't make it right and and it's disappointing that we have this now look the flip side of that is People complain about the Wild West nature of the transfer portal, and these rules are in place to prevent guys from just leaving programs every year. You can do that once. So while I understand the spirit of that in in what it's there to do, the reality is unless you're going to pay these players, you like imagine, Tommy, if you had a job for a second. Let's say you're working. <laughs> imagine at I did. What if I had a job? Let's say you're working at, uh, you know, HTO for okay. my wife and I, right? Okay. And you then get a job offer with the Wichita Thunder. Okay. And we say, nope, I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to go take that job. You're going to have to stay here. That might be that might be for you and your family the best opportunity for you, but you're not. Get, we're not going to let you do that. You got to stay here or not work at all. Like imagine that. How stupid does that sound? Because that's how we treat college athletes. How I mean, stupid I'm does wondering, that sound? Is, are, are, is that conversations that you have with your staff fairly frequently at HTO? 
No, but guys, people leave for other <laughs> jobs all the time. They all right. the time, and it's like, great. That sounds like a really cool opportunity. You I know? think that like, there's. I, a... I hope that you're. I hope you do awesome at that. Yeah. And it's it's ridiculous that without a contract for pay. Now, I can't do that in television, right? I have a contract. I'm not yeah. allowed to do that. I have signed a document, and so have players with a scholarship. I get it. However, I'm being compensated. They're not. Now, you know, you can say a scholarship is what it is. I don't care about that for this conversation. I love scholarships. I care deeply about them. But for this conversation, schools being allowed to not let somebody go work is ridiculous. It'd be like transferring academically when some of that stuff doesn't work. Like, who do you think you are to hold back young people? You should be doing nothing but empowering young people to succeed after what they invest in these institutions, whether that's an academic student who's spending all their money to go to school there, whether that's an athlete who's giving you the time and effort to generate money for your school through the basketball program, whatever it is, the fact that an institution would ever try and hold down some young person from being successful is counterintuitive. It does not make sense to what it should be. And we see this all the time, and you can't have it both ways. You either have to be okay with guys leaving pretty much all the time, or you got to pay them so that you can say, I'm sorry, we have a work contract with you. That contract is voided. You are not legally allowed to do this, but we're paying you. And a part of us paying you is securing that you know, that status with our company, with our school. But they don't do that. They, 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 they take the worst of both worlds. We're not going to pay you, and we're also going to not allow you to be the most successful version of yourself. I genuinely hope that every single player, whether they are in high school, whether they are currently on a roster in college and they're potentially looking to transfer, when they get to that point and they are being recruited by Sienna, I hope that they all know yep. what happened with Colby Rogers. And I hope that every single one of them choose to go play basketball somewhere else because, Hey, it's a cautionary tale. You go and play at Sienna. There's a chance that if it doesn't work out and you want to go somewhere else, they're not going to let you where all of these other schools potentially would, or probably would, you know, sign the waiver to let you go play somewhere else. And Hey, it didn't work out for you here. Good luck in the future. We're going to be fine. We're going to go recruit and find somebody else. Hopefully you find the best fit for you. Enjoy your life. Have a good time. Uh, but Sienna, they're one of the rare schools that they're not willing to let you do that. Uh, and so I hope that every single recruit that Sienna is going after right now, they understand the potential ramifications if they join that university. Well, they will, and it's a mistake. It's a mistake morally for sure. Even if Colby Rogers left on the worst terms possible, you cannot hold somebody down like that. It does not make sense, and we don't allow it in any other— the things that we allow universities to do to college athletes, we, we do not allow, and there are laws against it, quite frankly, everywhere else. There just are. And so if you're not gonna if you're not just going to outright pay players, and the NIL is different than that, if you're not just going to outright pay them, 
you cannot hold their work status hostage. You can't do it. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you, why do we allow universities to do this? Legally speaking, how on earth, when there is not a work contract, and don't tell me a scholarship's a work contract because there is not money tied to it, direct money. There, it'd be like a bonus, right? You get a company car or whatever you want to compare it to. It's not the same thing as writing a paycheck. So if you're not going to do that, you got to let guys go. And most coaches and, and programs understand that. And the spirit of higher education and, and the things that we want college to be, right? The reason we want it to feel amateur to some degree, even though it's clearly not at, at some levels, we have to allow young people to succeed. That's the point of college, right? Help young people succeed. Help them become the best versions of themselves. For whatever reason, Colby Rogers feels like that's not going to happen at Siena. And he feels like it's going to happen at Wichita State. Siena should help him get there and be successful. Or just pay him and treat him like an employee. I mean, that's it. They're, 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 you cannot have it both ways. Yep, and from a basketball perspective, I mean, you touched on it briefly at the very beginning. He could have been uh, a huge impact player this season for a Shockers team that, you know, it looks for consistency shooting the basketball from long distance. Um, he can practice with the team this season. That's great. Um, hopefully, things pan out and he'll play next year. But, yeah, it's wildly disappointing. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Trey Wingo joins the program again to talk some of the better storylines of the NFL. Always appreciate those conversations. That's what's coming up at the top of our number two here, which is next. We'll see you in a minute. This is Nutty and twelve forty KFH. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.